Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Hebrews 10, 22 through 25. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thanks, Kim. Hey, we are in the second week of our new fall series, A Shared Life compelling Christian uh, community. And you might recall last week uh, we talked about Ephesians uh, chapter 4 verses 1 through 6. And we established that a shared life is a a shared life of common belief and faith in Jesus Christ uh, and the good news of the gospel and the word of God. But that shared life is, is balanced out with not only what we believe, but how we live that reflects what we believe. And, and that balance of belief and faith in action presents a unity, a unity to the world that identifies us as Christ followers. And you might recall that the unity we spoke of last week uh, isn't something we manufacture. It isn't something that we can create on our own. It is literally the unity that flows from the Godhead, the triune God, what we know as a trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, co-equal, co-powerful, co-eternal, three distinct persons, yet one. And that unity comes to us as in Christ we become one body and we join into that eternal holy fellowship. So that unity is given to us to preserve. We preserve what God gives us. That's what we talked about last week and, and how important that is. And so we're going to continue this week. And uh, in our passages this morning, uh, out of the book of Hebrews, you know that each of the verses that we're looking at begin with the words, let us. Oftentimes, we forget that the Scripture was, was written to a group of people uh, in our culture, in our society, uh, where we really um, prize individualism. We, we tend to take the Word of God and, and we read it through the lens of an individual. And while there's individual application, of course, uh, the authors of Scripture, and, and, and this book is no exception, uh, is writing to a community of believers. And so we're to understand this, 
not only in the sense of our individuality, but, but what that means as we are a part of something greater than ourselves that combined makes up the one. The one body of Christ. Um, it's, it's interesting that as you read through each of these verses that we're looking at, it begins with the, the words, let us. Let us. And, and so it's an exhortation to us as a church, to us as, as a people. And, and we find our place as an individual in the us. And that's why uh, I've entitled the message this morning, if you look in your worship guide, um, it's the you in us. That, that each of you are, are a part of the us. And it's only when we find ourselves in the us that we can really live into all that God intends for us, the richness the fullness that He intends for us as, as His body. And it's only then that we can really live a shared life together. And it's only then in which our faith, our, our Christian faith, really becomes compelling. And so the good news this morning as we continue in our series is that this is a journey that we're on together. And that we need each other. Uh, and as we study the Scripture these next several weeks, Let's try to orient our, our focus and, and our attention towards the, the you and the us. Uh, let's receive this the, the way these early Christ followers would have received it. Uh, as a group gathered together, hearing and, and listening the exhortation of this very pastoral exhortation here in the book of, of Hebrews and, and next week and so on and so forth as we look at the different scriptures. Let's do that. Can we do that as a, as a group and, and hear it uh, through the ears of the us? It's so very important. Um, as I think about this morning's scripture, <clears throat> I want to share a story with you. Uh, several years ago, Lori and I were on our way through uh, the Charlotte uh, International Airport. And we had got off a, a red-eye flight, and Lori went straight to Starbucks. And it was the end of August, college football was starting, so I went straight to the newsstand because I wanted to read all about the, the college football teams, and I wanted to read all the publications that usually come out just as uh, the football season starts. So I want to get the college football magazines. And I was anxious to read about my favorite team and other teams. And so I'm there reading these magazines. Lori's at Starbucks getting coffee. And as I'm looking, reading about college football, um, I hear this voice. I, I didn't recognize it. Uh, it was a male voice. And he said, Hey, Todd! Who knows me in Charlotte, right? And I turn, and walking towards me is none other uh, than the former coach of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, Coach Lou Holtz. Right? And he's walking towards me. And I'm thinking, how would he know me? Right? And uh, he comes up, and he reaches out, and, and shakes 
goes to shake my hand? And I'll say, this has got to be a dream. Here I'm in College Football Magazine, and I'm, I'm reading about college football, and now here's Lou Host calls my name, and he's, he's walking towards me, and man, this is just great stuff. But how is this happening? And uh, sure enough, about 10 feet behind him, there's Lori with a big grin on her face. <laughs> you see, Lori and I, uh, we have a ritual on Saturday morning. We watch college football game day. And Lou Holtz used to be a frequent guest. So she was very familiar with Coach Holtz. And even though he was a coach of a rival team, of course, our team is a USC Trojans. We lost this week. Um, Notre Dame is a worthy rival, okay? And uh, so she identified him and she said, Coach, you won't believe this, but my husband's right over there and he's a big fan. And, and if I tell him I met you, but he didn't get the opportunity to, he'd never believe me. I, Could you come? He, well, where is he? Well, he's just right over there. He goes, okay. And so she literally walked him to me. And uh, I got to meet him. Now, here's the cool part. We stood there for 10 minutes and we talked college football. It was fabulous. And in the end of our conversation, he reached into his wallet and he pulled out his personal card. And it has the ND, Notre Dame embossed. I don't know if you know, they, they spray their helmets every week with, with, they have gold flake in their helmets. This is actually gold embossed on his card. And he handed it to me, and he said to me, Todd, um, this is my card, and this is my, my personal number. Um, feel free to contact me anytime. Can you imagine that? I mean, it's just me. And here's Lou Holtz. I contact him anytime. Well, I, I, I haven't done that. <clears throat> Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit put off by celebrity, you know, but I still have his card. What a great memory, right? Okay, what does this have to do with this morning? Um, as we look in the scripture this morning, the author of Hebrews, um, and it's, it's so important, he has just come through an explanation of how Christ represents, well, he, he doesn't represent, Christ is the fulfillment of all that the Old Testament prophets, the Old Testament, um, the priesthood, uh, the Old Testament uh, law, the ritual sacrifice, everything that uh, a, a formerly Jewish or a, an audience that had a very strong Jewish heritage would have been familiar with, he has just gone through and he said, Christ is the fulfillment of all of that. He's, he is the fulfillment of that. In fact, those things were only intended to, to point us to Jesus. And now Jesus has come. And so really, um, the book of Hebrews is talking about just the, the supremacy of Christ. And how Christ is the fulfillment of the law, the prophets, uh, the, the priesthood, the, the ritual sacrifices, all of that Christ fulfills. So that's what he's been talking about. Then he moves into chapter 10 and he says, now in light of this, 
we, as a community of faith, we have the opportunity together to draw near to Him. And it's, it's like Lori breaking the division between Lou Holtz and his celebrity and my, my commonness and, and literally making a way for me to come into relationship with Lou Holtz, but not only a, a relationship, but a relationship in where Lou would give me his card and say, you know what? You have direct access to me anytime. Call me. I'm available to you. And that's what the author of Hebrews is saying. He's saying, because of the work of Christ, we have direct access to God the Father. That our sin, which was a barrier that, that kept us from that access, that, that, that kept us from relationship, that Christ's sacrifice, that, that His work as both high priest and sacrifice Himself makes the way possible for us to draw near to God and have direct access to Him. That is amazing that we have that. Let's look more closely at the passage. Verse 19, I want to start back there. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. And of course, that's really pointing to the Old Testament where, remember, it was only at prescribed times of the year when the priest representing the people would have access to the sanctuary, the, the earthly sanctuary of God. And after a, uh, just a, a very involved ceremony of cleansing and purification, that the priest would go in and, and go behind the curtain to the tabernacle and, and approach and draw near to God in His presence. Okay? That's, that's the Old Testament uh, that, that he's alluding to here. But he says that we have confidence to, to enter the heavenly sanctuary. The heavenly tabernacle where, where, where God is. And of course, we become that because He lives and dwells in us. That we have confidence to enter by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Through His shed blood, we are cleansed of our sin. That, that barrier that separated us from God has been removed through Christ. Okay? I mean, that's good news. And it is a, a new and a living way. Now, there's a New, new Testament correlation to this verse. So if you have your pen, write it down. It's John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through me. Okay? He is the new and living way. And that's what the author of Hebrews is saying here. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. He has made the way. And so that's, that's the correlating verse here. But, 
It goes on. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, now verse 22, let us draw near. That's let us. Let us together. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. We can have full assurance in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Full assurance. Let us draw near with sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. And of course, that's again, it, it's talking about the blood of Christ, the cleansing that takes place. And having our bodies washed with pure water. And, and this is giving an imagery of, of baptism. And baptism is a, an outward sign of an inward cleansing, an inward reality that takes place on the inside. Uh, the work of God through His Son, Jesus. And the work of the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, let us draw near to God. Alright, now here's the second let us. Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly. Okay? That means resolutely. Doggedly. With determination. Let's hold on to. Alright? The hope we profess. For He who promised is faithful. We draw near to God in worship. We have access to God. We have confidence in God. We have full assurance because of the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. His cleansing work that, that we can now come into God's presence. And because of that, we are to hold unswervingly. We're not to waver in what we believe and the hope and what we profess. Now this is particularly important because the author uh, of Hebrews, he's writing to a group of, of Jewish converts to Christianity who are now being persecuted and they're wondering, is it all worth it? Uh, it was a lot easier just practicing the old ways, the old rituals, the old, the, old, the old ways of Judaism. And they're thinking of turning back and, and he's exhorting them not to. He's saying, listen, I know it's hard out there. I, I know the culture, I know society, is, it, it really has it in for you and, and it's, it's a little bit tougher now living for Christ than it was when, when you were just living um, before Christ. But don't go back to your old ways. Don't go back to a way that's inferior. Don't go back to a way that you can have no confidence in. That, that, that really the hope is the fulfillment of the old way in Jesus Christ, not the old way itself. Don't go back to that. That was only a symbol. It only represented the life you're to have in Christ. So don't turn back. And that's what he's saying to them. Draw near to God. Worship Him together. And in that worship, be reminded of your hope to live for Him in the world victoriously. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. And then he goes on. And let us, this is the third let us, 
consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That word spur literally means let us provoke one another to the point of irritation. That I'm, I'm to irritate Dave Ham, or I'm to irritate Lynn Curry. Lynn, it's good to see you here today with us. All right? I'm really to, to be an irritant for you. To spurn you on to, to love and, and, and to good works in Christ. Isn't that great? That, that, that we, we rub each other the right way in Christ. That's what he's saying. And, and why is that important? Because if we're going to draw near together, we're going to worship together, if we're going to hold fast to our confession uh, against the, the outward pressures and difficulties that we encounter in the world following Jesus, we, we need to do what? We need, let us consider how to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You see how each builds on the next? Is that layer? One, two, three. And then he says this, and this is so important. You might want to underline this. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay? There were those in that fellowship that he's writing to that because of the external pressures, be, because of questions they had regarding the, the faith and the transition from practicing Judaism to now uh, being followers of Christ, they were saying, well, you know what? Do we need to gather together anymore? Do we, do we need to, to, to worship together uh, do I really need to be present? Do I need to show up? And, and there was a, an issue with church attendance. You know, regular church attendance used to be four Sundays a month. You know what it is now? Twice a month. Nationally. If you come twice a month, you're a regular church attender now. Okay? And, and then people, they don't draw near together. They're not encouraging one another together. And then they wonder why it's so hard living their Christian faith in the world. They wonder why they have doubts. They wonder why they're assailed and, and, and why they're struggling and wavering in their faith. I'll tell you why. One of the, one of the reasons why is that we're not gathering together. That so we need to do that. That's so important. And, and that's what he's saying here. He's saying not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We need to encourage one another. But we need to be together. It's the, the, the you in us, right? To receive that encouragement. That's why it's so important that you're here. That's why it's so important that we stand together, we draw near together, that we consider together how to spur one another on to love and good deeds. It's so very important. And that we don't forsake gathering together, especially as the day of Christ, this is what he's saying, is drawing near. So, 
this morning, in a, uh, in a minute, just a minute, um, Pastor Ed will come up and lead us in communion. But before he does that, I want to encourage each of us to consider these words, to consider our place, to consider our privilege, to consider all that Jesus has done for us, and in light of that, what that means for us as a community of faith, and how we need each other. We need each other to worship together, to stand firm in our convictions and what we believe, and that happens as we spur one another on to love and good deeds, encouraging one another all the more as the day of Christ draws near. How important that is. Um, 